You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Welcome, brave warriors. Step into our gaming lair and roll the dice to discover your fate. It's Monday night. It's 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern, and it must be Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Charlene Schmidt. Tonight, our heroics will be legendary and songs will be sung about our coverage of Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. And we want to hear from you. You're an important part of the show. So click on the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap from your smartphone or you can even call us 669-900-6833 and bravely enter the meeting code. You'll have to face our strongest warrior first. That would be Earl in the Earl Green Room, but he can be sweet-talked, and he will let you into the chat with us tonight about what's happening with the crew of the Cerritos. Hey, I do want to say hello to everybody who's in the chat. Very cool that there are a lot yeah. of people on the YouTube chat. Uh, Alan Moraine, back to you, BC. Julia, welcome. <laughs> uh, glad to see you hello. for your first live show with us. So uh, that's very nice. I'm going to jump over to Facebook here, where I've got that going on the side. We got Heather. We got Carlos. We hey, got yeah. Paul. Ooh, I know we're we're gonna have multiple Pauls. Uh, let's oh, see. We oh, we got a party now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. M- multitude of Pauls. Uh, Heather says she's only got ten minutes. Well, we'll make it count. We've got okay. David. I'm sure we'll have another Dave. We got Anne Marie. Hello, Anne Marie. Yeah, we got Patrick. Uh, let's see. There's hey. another day. already two Daves. My bros here. Norm's yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, good. Wait, Norm's in there. Oh, wonderful. All yeah, right. And Michelle is here. Hello. Excellent. Wow, we got to create a crowd tonight. This is awesome. So glad. Uh, Amory already calling out my favorite line in the episode, uh, which <laughs> genuinely made me LOL. So, yeah. Uh, hey, Char, before we get to things, I, I just want to mention really quickly, because in the promo for the show, we had mentioned uh, who is sort of our regular guest co-host for Lower Decks, and that would be Ashley V. Robinson. And That's then right. kind of did a U-turn and said, no, wait, it's going to be John and Char. So <laughs> we do want to let people know that uh, that was not a mistake. Char, I'm sorry, Ashley, unfortunately, was stuck in horrible traffic. Having come from Vegas last week, I know how that feels. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was going to make it for the live show last week. No, no, I I was sitting stop dead in traffic watching Mm. you and Norm. (laughs) Oh, man. So you were in that nasty bottleneck on the 15 while we were doing Mission Log Life. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was awful. It took 10 hours to get home. Uh, The worst. It took me four and a half, and that was bad enough. Yeah, oof, that is no fun. That is Mm-mm. no fun at all. So, Truly. uh, safe journeys to you, Ashley. Hope you're doing okay, yes. whether you're watching I'll keep this the or not. Warm. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Um, by the way, okay, so I know that people maybe like to wait a little bit to call in. I want people to know this is unannounced because we didn't know. We have an extraordinarily special guest with us tonight. So I am just, I'm going to plow through the recap. We're going to plow through the notes super fast. I know you will want to call in because you will have many questions for our amazing special guest tonight. Um, Yeah. And I I don't want to tease you too much. I'm going to say he's, he's one of us. He is a Trek fan. He is a mission logger and he is part of tonight's episode that we're talking about. So how about that? Enough of a tease for that, right? Charlotte, yeah. why don't we talk about some of the stuff that's coming up this week on Mission Log? 
Yeah, let's do that because Mission Log is coming back with its Voyager recap of Persistence of Vision. You know, the one where Janeway's hollow novel turns into a real nightmare. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me and Norm last week about the uh, order of things. <laughs> right. we, yeah, appreciate you doing that. My, I had to put on my producer hat. I know, I apologize. Even though you were stuck in traffic, we didn't yep. even know that at the time. Yep. <laughs> so yep. that's dropping on Thursday. And even though Mission Log, uh, the Orville is... Uh, and Prodigy, Mission Log mm. Prodigy, are on hiatus right now. You can watch both of those as podcasts and videos. So, you know, while those things are taking a little bit of a break, catch the other version that you haven't done yet. That'd exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And similar to that, Mission Log Engage playlist, also up at YouTube for your perusal. More of those are coming soon. No Norman and I have recorded some. We have a little bit of a backlog. We'll record more and we'll start doling those out. So send us your comments and your questions, as always, for future installments of Mission Log Engage. That address again, youtube.com slash Roddenberry Entertainment. Join us there. Yeah, and make sure that you stay in touch with all of the podcasts at podcast.roddenberry.com. By the way, I, you know, I, I love building uh, anticipation and uh, something that's going Sir. on right now in the chat is that everybody's saying, who is it? Who's coming? What's happening? <laughs> the special guest. Yes. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you until we get through our recap. So, Shar, audience, if you'll indulge me. Here we go. It's Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3, Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. Well, the gang on the Cerritos is sitting around playing a round of Batless and Binuchs. Mariner is called away for an away mission with Ransom, leaving Boimler to contemplate his own decisions. He's not moving up the way Mariner or his old classmate Vendome, now a captain, are. <laughs> that leads Tendi to suggest a change in his course of action, to seize opportunities as they come. Boimler starts a campaign of saying yes to everything in front of him, from spring ball to joining a Bajoran dirge choir to figure modeling. Meanwhile, Mariner's away mission has taken her under Ransom's command to the planet Dulane, where the people are warm and friendly and health-obsessed, but they have a broken space elevator, the only way they can get through the ion-charged atmosphere. Cerritos' crew are there to repair it, but Ransom has some weird ideas about the mission, namely that Billups and Rutherford, the two people who know something about engineering, will go to the surface as liaisons, while Mariner and Ransom himself will carry out the repairs. It doesn't make sense. And soon enough, there is failure on both teams. Mariner and Ransom get behind in repairs and constantly shock themselves. Billups and Rutherford are living it up with the playful Dulanians until they make the grievous error of walking into the Sacred Hall without exposing their navels. It's a diplomatic crisis that should have been Ransom's purview, but now he's got a broken elevator, <coughs> excuse me, orbital uh, lift <laughs> to contend with. And the Delanians are getting restless, threatening to sacrifice Billups and Rutherford and the volcano to their god who may or may not be a telepathic baby or a super intelligent computer. Back on Cerritos, the constant agreement leads Boimler to an encounter with Karanch, who would be hunting right now in Delane, but he can't get to the surface, along with everyone else waiting for the orbital lift. He approaches Boimler to see if he can hunt the ensign, and sure enough, Boimler says yes. So then, the hunt is on. Karanch marks Boimler and then chases him through the corridors and rooms of Cerritos, seemingly intent on killing him. He doesn't even have the support of his captain when Freeman encourages Cranch on his hunt. 
Phillips and Rutherford are faring just as poorly, surely to be sacrificed and not quite getting the diplomatic measures that Ransom suggests. That leads Mariner to take matters into her own hands and skydive toward them, only to be called up by Ransom, who wants to apologize for his underhanded command decision. He was trying to corner her into defying his orders and is really impressed that she didn't. So now they need to go help their crewmates. Uh, sure, which means Mariner needs to quietly interrupt her skydive and get back up the platform to meet Ransom so they can dive to the surface again so they can save the two engineers. Branch has made progress in wearing Boimler down, but taking inspiration from the Klingon role-playing game, Boimler emerges with renewed purpose, declaring that he is the hunter now. Speech is enough time for Karanch to spear Boimler in the shoulder and complete his hunt for a picture. His species just does catch and release since they hold all forms of life in high regard. Now it's time for Boimler to get to sickbay. Mariner and Ransom arrive at the sacrificial volcano, and it's the whole combo platter of alien leaders, the volcano itself, the psychic baby, the sentient computer, all bent on killing Billups and Rutherford, Thinking fast, Ransom distracts the gathered health nuts with a look at his abs. And it works long enough to get the Delanians to rethink their sacrifice. Everyone is back aboard Cerritos, and Ransom apologizes for pushing Mariner the way he did. She, in turn, offers him a compliment for his quick thinking on the planet. Uh, but once she's back among her friends for more batlets and binuchs, the friends can decompress about their experiences. Mariner is still not sold on Ransom, and Boimler has permanent nerve damage, but at least he has a bold new outlook on life, an outlook that immediately gets his character killed after the next dice throw in the game. The end. Nicely done, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's about it. Hey, uh, before we bring in that very special guest, tease, 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 everybody in the room, any uh, initial comments or thoughts, Char? I mean, I, I I found myself taking notes just writing down great lines of dialogue because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can certainly that. do that here. There's definitely mm -hmm. some memorable lines. I'd say generally what I love about this episode is that it flips the script on what we would normally see, Right. The engineers are going to go on the away mission, whereas Mariner and Ransom are going to do the engineering stuff. And Mariner's trying so hard to stay in line. Boimler's trying so hard to color outside of the lines. I mean, <laughs> it's great. They're kind of going on a similar journey, Mariner and Boimler, from opposite ends. And so midway throughout the season, I'm wondering if this progression is going to have them intersect. What will that look like and how much fun will that be? That is a really good point. And, and I did, I took kind of a similar note that I really liked the idea that you had a couple of simultaneous similar stories happening here. The, you know, meeting new cultures stories that, that was happening both on the planet and on the ship with Karanch. I love that. I also liked how this, in a way, to me, it subverted last week's episode. Because, you know, very much. Yeah. Last week, the message is like, Trust the system. It'll be okay. There are adults in the room, and they will take care of you, right? They've thought this through. This time around, Ransom's a jerk, and Mariner has every reason to question what he's doing, uh, yes. which, you know, fortunately, she does. Yeah, so. and she does the right thing going off of her she own does. instincts. So. She does. 
Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> All right, gang, uh, we have teased this long enough. I do want to bring in our special guest. And I, I mentioned earlier that uh, he is a fan, just like all of us. He is a mission logger, just like all of us and all of you who are listening and watching this. And he happens to be the director of this episode of Lower Decks. So I have been so excited about this ever since he mentioned that this was a thing that was going to happen, uh, gosh, maybe over a year ago. I, I can't remember when we first had that wow. conversation. And here it is now with the episode aired. Let us all welcome Mike Mullen to Mission Log Live. Woo! Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello. Mike. Great to be here. I, it is great to see you, and uh, how gratifying is this to have your episode of Lower Decks out there for the world to see? Oh my gosh, it, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been um, watching and listening to Mission Log since about 2017, and I've been a Star Trek fan for, you know, much longer. And, you know, when I first heard that, you know, they were going to do you know, Star Trek animated series, not one, but two. You know, to you know, that was it blew my mind. I said, I've got to, I've got to do this. It's, it's, uh, it, I've got to find a way to do it. So, and and I, I did, think, yeah, and you did, and you did. I, I want to hear about that. We want to hear all of this. But one thing I'm going to go back to is maybe it was 2018 or 2019. You were in Vegas. 19. You were in mm-hmm. Vegas. You shared some of your art with us, and. I was just blown away because you do have an illustration animation background Uh um, and you as a Star Trek fan had been doing your own take on Star Trek characters and imagery for a very long time. And as you know, I'm a fan of that as well. Everything you sent me has just blown me away. Thanks. Yeah. It's so, so cool. Um, so, and by the way, because uh, we, we will get to, you know, the crassly commercial part of the show in a little while, but I do want to mention that Mike is part of our Discord community. He's part of Mission Log's Patreon. So, you know what? If you don't get How the answers you want tonight, hop over to Patreon, get a Discord link. <laughs> and right? uh, Mike, I'm sorry. The door. Come yeah, on. yeah, exactly. Mike, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm putting you on the spot for that, too. <laughs> People can uh, comment in our threads there about Lower Decks. So, um Give us the the quick lowdown on what got you from being Star Trek fan to Star Trek director. Oh no! And I think he's frozen. Uh oh! I think Mike is frozen. Oh, oh no! Man, I hate it when that happens. That he must be on Andoria. A bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, right. we do have some other callers standing by very patiently. We've got Chris, we've got Alan, we've got Paul standing by. So maybe we'll bring in one of those folks first, then we'll come back and check on Mike because we all want to get his story. People in the chat, they're already saying, Amory, this is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Carlos calling it out, I think correctly. He's a Mike McMahon mole. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what's going on here. We'll I find see. out. Yeah. Uh, uh, to which Norm calls him a McMole. Hey, mm, molly, look at molly, Norm molly. being all clever like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. All right, Chris, <laughs> welcome to the show. Good to see you again. I feel like it's been literally days. It's literally two days. It's wild. Two, Such a yes. long time. It has been so long. Time. And, and Mike yeah. is back. All right. Okay. Excellent. Well, Chris, Chris, let's go to you. I, I want to know your impressions, your thoughts, and uh, and then we'll uh, jump back over to Mike here and get an answer to my burning questions. What do you got tonight? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like this. Uh, not quite as good as the opener, but I think still really good. I really like the, I guess, the B-plot, the Tandy Boimler thing. Um, mm. Jack and Noel have really good chemistry, even though they're not in the room together. And <laughs> I like the message of that, of like step outside your comfort zone and sort of learn and adapt new things. So that was really fun. Uh, the Mariner Ransom thing, I didn't quite get. Like, I got what they were going mm. for, but it seemed mm-hmm. like Ransom was like just being purposely antagonistic. And I'm like, that doesn't seem very... <laughs> That, man, of you, my guy. He did though. He owned up to it. He, he owned, owned up it. to it. But you know, but that was my note. Actually, one of the things that I took was like, what is up with Ransom's decision making? Like, he is a guy who was ascended to first officer, and I get it that there are captains and first officers in the past who have challenged their crew, tried to flip the script on them a little bit. But this, this seemed like purposely antagonistic. This, you know, it was it was a little more. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who picked up on that. No, yeah, it's like there's a line between like challenging your person and like setting them up to fail. Right. It seemed like Ransom was like, I- I'm gunning for you to do the thing you always do and break the rule so I can kick you off. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> Just because yeah. we needed some drama. I think he set week. everybody up to fail. Maybe, you know, maybe he, before he got to the Cerritos, uh, maybe he served under Jellico. Uh, <laughs> maybe. You know. Got got some you know tips of command from uh, Captain Jellico. Could be that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's interesting, Chris. By the way, that you, I, I think I enjoyed this episode more than I did the season opener, only because the pacing to me felt more like an episode. More at where I felt mm. like the first one was rushing to get to the finish line with the Freeman story. And I thought that was such a dramatic, awesome end to the last season that I felt like that was a story that was going to carry on for multiple episodes in the current season. So when everything wrapped up, I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on, what happened? Like that That's where we're landing. And I also felt like some of the jokes in that didn't land. Whereas on this, even though the character motivation, I agree with you, I I just uh, okay I I gotta spill it right now. Cranch's line: "You were excellent prey, but I do have notes." <laughs> laughed I, in my office. I'm sure it echoed through the halls. I laughed out loud the first time I heard that. Thought it was amazing. Um, and the other thing that I had to go back and rewatch a couple of times was meeting Crewman Lundy, uh, who has the figure drawing class. <laughs> I don't know why. Quasi Eastern European accents are hilarious to me. I watched that scene over and over again because it was so <laughs> creepy, weird. More of that, please. I hope we see yeah. him again. I hope we do too. Um, it's too it, weird and cool not to, right? Right, exactly. Uh, any other thoughts tonight, Chris? Uh, oh, I will say uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for uh, putting the Star Trek Delta on like literally everything. And on the broken down elevator in the background, they have caution tape. It's just a whole bunch of little tiny deltas on the caution no, tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I need that for my house for something. I don't know, but See, I need it. I need the I, towels. I, that boom. The towel, I, yes, that, yes. You're yes. reading my notes. That, that's, I want the towel. That was in my notes. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Starfleet Marketing. Hello. Yes, yes. Get on that, John Van, John Van Sitters, please. We please. Need that. Yeah. Um, cool. And uh, Chris, before we move along, any uh, questions for our esteemed guest tonight? Yeah, uh, I'll try to make this quick. Um, so I know Mike and some of the actors have talked about how the, the actor will be in the booth and Mike is on the other side of the glass giving notes as they do that. I'm curious, are you 
also there with Mike? Are you in a are you a different part of the process? Like, where do you fit in to the construction of an episode? Yeah. So, um, uh, when I'm directing an episode, what I'm doing is um, I'm supervising the storyboard team. So we are along with the design team. We are the first um, artists who tell the story visually. We go straight from the script. Um, I usually don't see the um, the the actors um, at all. I get their their uh, their voice tracks uh, later on. Um, but uh, you know, I I uh, I got to be in there. I got to storyboard a lot of this episode, like dr- drawing out the the continuity and the mechanics of it, and and helping to create um, the look of. Um, all the new stuff that we that we see, everything from Cranch to the uh, the Delanians and their 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 crazy city and the and the the the, the volcano and and the <laughs> I had a you know um, just I had a blast just just watching the storyboards and and uh, um, and watching those come together and seeing the uh, the the telepathic baby and the and you know all the all that that great stuff. <laughs> awesome. I, although I'm glad you asked that, Chris, because that was going to be one of my questions for sure. Is I'm I'm very curious about the process of a director for animation. So, thanks for that. Uh, if you have any parting words, uh, please speak them now, and we'll move on to our next uh, caller. Uh, no, I think we're good. Uh, always glad to see you guys. Glad you're here, Mike, to give your side of this and your input. Uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you around the Discord. Thanks, Chris. Take care, my friend. Be good. Um, yeah. So before we bring in Alan here, I uh, I do want to go back to that question before we tragically lost you in the the great Zoom freeze of 2022. <laughs> um, I'm curious uh, how. I, tell us that journey real quick. Uh, going from fan of Star Trek with an animation background, now directing Lower Decks. Um, it's all, it's all luck. It's all just being (laughs) absolutely being incredibly fortunate. Um, you know, I get to, I know, you know, I share a tiny little bit of what Mike McMahon must, you know, uh, must feel, you know, being a, being a fan and then getting to, you know, create and produce a Star Trek show and growing up watching the original series and the next generation and never, you know, always thinking that, I it, there are artists that do that do this, but but never thinking about how it could be an animated show one day. I could actually be working on it. Um, I've been working in animation for a little, little over twenty years. Um, yeah, I guess so. It's been twenty years. It's hard to remember. I'm I'm getting old. Um, and uh, and when I heard, first heard about this, um, you know, I just absolutely. Um, felt like this was something I, I i was just so fortunate to be able to to contribute to that's all it is it's just luck <laughs> no kidding all right well let's bring in alan who is calling from his very own bat lefts and binuchs gaming lair welcome <laughs> alan how are you doing tonight hi john hi char hi mike i'm i'm ready to roll let's oh get this underway. <laughs> nice <laughs> Awesome. Really, well, I, I hope you don't get beaten to death with your own arm. That would be. I I hope I don't wind up a dentist. You yeah. know. <laughs> that would be the worst, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's another line that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you got for us tonight, Alan? Well, I, just just the fact that I don't know what it is about this show, 
that's just sort of it it feels like it's you know just reaching into my brain finding things that need to be real and then presenting them to me uh last <laughs> week um you know i don't want to go on too much further because we talked a lot about oh no oh no oh no oh the Is great freeze zoom apocalypse? freeze what's going on i can't believe it I can't. Well, man, Alan, you'll have to come back to us because I can't wait to hear what it is that that you manifested into this episode. <laughs> Things that you wanted made real. Yes. Is Zoom punking oh, us? Oh, hey, there you are. There we yep. lost there we all of that, Alan. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I was doing my mic impression. I hope that's OK. okay. <laughs> um, it was very yeah. accurate. Very well done. <laughs> Well, that happened earlier. I was like, no, that's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, sorry, that happens to me a lot. I, and yes, it's Zoom. It's either Zoom or my ISP or both. But but yeah, just this season is all about things that I didn't know needed to be real. And now they must be real. Like, mm. John, I you gotta you gotta be with me on this historic bozeman needs to be a thing oh my god absolutely that needs to be real i want the play set um i like yeah everything with historic bozeman for sure absolutely Mm -hmm. and from this week obviously you know (laughs) b&b with uh our our uh, our batleth master uh martok (laughs) yes uh yeah just this is a thing that needs to be real yeah, and I need to be able to play it on a yep. weekly basis. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking actually because the, there is a and Mike, you can tell us. I'm curious if you went back and watched the old uh, Klingon VHS game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was like, a question I had. Yes. Okay. Mm-mm. No. 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 Oh, oh, wow. The, I I I did not even know that existed. But wow. The, wow. but the 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 storyboard artist who who. Um, who did that sequence, um, Meg Lloyd. She did an amazing job of creating like the dice and the, the, the little figures and everything. I didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't say anything about that in the script. So yeah. I was like, make something really cool. That, and she knew, she knew absolutely that, you know, people were going to go crazy over this stuff. Oh, I, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I had that thought as well. Cause that's you, the one who is commenting now, experience binge. <laughs> it's just seared into my brain, and I, part of me just thinks that's such such a specific reference that they have to have a very specific use for it. But it's got to be in there somewhere. Like that's got to be in the pipeline. Yeah. Oh yeah, but... absolutely. I was expecting that line, by the way. Experience beige. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know, yeah. you know. And yeah. when, uh, when they came back with uh, to in that last scene, and uh, they they start up the game, and uh, uh, Martok yells, "You had breakfast. You get plus three stamina points." That that just again <laughs> laugh out loud, like brilliant line, so well done. And I, I want to put this out there to our listeners and extended mission log community that uh, whoever has that VHS game, I'm sure that you can do a rip of it. I, you know, I'm yeah. sure that I can go find that on YouTube now. Somebody, though, who is a clever programmer, I'm sure that you could come up with a modern computer interactive version of that video. So, you know, hook us up. Help us right? out here. You know? And not a Frankie knockoff version with premium add-ons either. No. Money-grubbing. 
<laughs> Love that. Uh, Alan, what else you got for us? Uh, well, just, just, you know, more praise for the episode. Uh, like you, I was sort of like on the fence about the ransom aspect of it, but by the second viewing, I sort of came around to seeing what, what he was doing and what the point of it was and how it was supposed to play into sort of like, you know, kind of like the overall theme of the, of game playing, I guess, in this episode. Um, and just, yeah, I, but, but yeah, just overall everything with Boimler and uh, you were saying you were something about that, uh, that voice for Lumby. Oh my God. Well, I mean, you've been, Love You've it. been in LA long enough. I think just the the Tommy Wiseau of it just <laughs> soaks into everything, and That's you it. know, I think all good, I think all male voice actors at least do a Christopher Walken, and they probably do Tommy Wiseau as well. That's it. That's oh it. hi, oh hi, Boimler. Oh, welcome <laughs> to welcome to the class. Would you like to sing some dirges with us? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Yeah. All right. I appreciate I do, it. Yeah, I do have okay. one quick question for Mike, if that's all right. Please. Um, as the director, how much uh, latitude do you have in terms of what gets shown perhaps in the background? Is there something in this episode that you were like, this one's for me? Mm. Nice. <laughs> good question yeah um i'll say um not in this episode but there are i directed two other episodes that are coming up so Ooh. we'll see yeah there's there's some more that right. there, there will there will be places where i i i, I really wanted something so oh well, fantastic thank yeah. goodness thank goodness you're contractually obligated to show up here and right. uh, discuss us in depth with us so i can't wait <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> alan thank you so much for the call yes. thank you for the creepy eastern european accent and we will see you soon experience beige <laughs> <laughs> take care goodbye Bye. all right perfect time we've got uh, a couple more three more callers lined up i can't wait to get Ooh. to and uh, hear what they want to ask mike and uh, hear your comments and thoughts about the show but very quickly i mean this is the perfect place to say that we always welcome you to the patreon mission log community that gets you over to discord i mean look you already get the early access to our shows you get cool patreon swag that's good enough already i mean that that's pretty outstanding no matter what but pretty cool yeah but but discord has taken off discord has got a life of its own and i love the fact that it's not just star trek it's a lot of star trek but it's not just star trek we get to express our fandoms and let our geek flags fly high so join us over there you can get in for as little as a dollar a month you even get a discount if you sign up for a year but you know uh so come join us over there we will send you a link to our discord you can chat there and you can hang out with people like mike mullen you know famous lower deck star trek director so why wouldn't you want to do that mission uh, sorry patreon.com slash mission log is where you go to sign up for that Shar, you're a member of the community and yes, uh, you're very active in there fairly active yeah yeah it's it's fantastic and for those who are fans of lord of the rings we just started a new thread 
for that in the Discord. That thing is hopping right now. Awesome. Very, very cool. And by the way, Paul in the chat says, After Dark is the best cure for post-con blues. And he's right. Sure is. Yeah, Mission Log After Dark every Thursday afternoon where we just get together and, you know, ostensibly is there to talk about whatever episode of Mission Log just came out. (laughs) But it very quickly devolves into something else. It goes everywhere. But that's half the fun of it. And that is truly the thing that is my favorite part of the mission log discord is our Thursday get togethers. Everybody who can join in does join in and it's just always a good time. And especially after Vegas where a lot of us did meet up in person, it's just that much more cool because we know each other now a little better. I feel closer (laughs) to you all. Fantastic. That's lovely. And and by the way, uh, Heather in the chat says, I think John just beat me in gaudiness of ad selling. (laughs) (laughs) So you're welcome. Uh, There you go. All right. So (laughs) patreon.com slash mission log. Join us there and uh, let us get back to the show. And let's welcome our next caller, who is Paul, one of the multitude (gasps) of Pauls in our collective of Pauls. Paul, what's up, my friend? You got Tendi back there. You just need a wrapper and a gray towel. (laughs) (laughs) wow um (laughs) thanks john yeah you're welcome i've learned about your (laughs) sure i've learned about john's drawing fetish tonight that was (laughs) like known him for a while i didn't know that one hard Um, to resist green oh yeah and and thank god for the ad break because i was i was wondering how i was going to follow alan he was on fire but wait i've got to do this (laughs) fake freeze there we go there you go (laughs) all right got that out of the way well done so also you know there was a two for one or actually uh three for two on vegas we actually got tendy to go this year she had her own badge uh folder Mm -hmm. up in suitcase so a lot of people met tendy that was exciting um now you know we we got to focus on cosplay here and about the quality of the cosplay presented this episode I I just could not stop laughing at Boimler's his, his Klingon getup, um, and I'm blaming Mike for this, dude. This is all on you, man. What, what the hell? That was so funny. It was so funny. The Tell ensemble yeah, all together right. is what really got me. And next year, well, I'm really hoping at the conventions oh, we have foursomes yes. going for this. Come on, guys! Yeah, make us proud. Well, well, that's the kind of thing that Alan was getting at, and I'm curious, uh, Mike, when you get a script, how much is in there that says, "Okay, Boimler comes out with this on," but but how much of that are you sort of adjusting or visualizing or getting uh, input from your design team to to come up with it? Actually, I don't think any of it was in the is in the script. I mm. think um, we. Initially in the storyboard, I think we thought about it, but we, we pulled back. And then I think a lot of our, throughout most of our storyboard, they just were wearing their normal uniforms. Mm-hmm. And then I think later on, um, we said, no, we got to do it. We got to go back and, and we have to, like Rutherford has to have like the, the no detail, uh, uh, Klingon, uh, shoulder pads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yes. I actually, it, I like you know. My favorite thing is is Boimler at the end with the pot on his head and the the yes. grease smeared <laughs> the and the you know yes, and he just takes like random implements from engineering and puts them on a band and then he has he has a spear through his shoulder. Like I love <laughs> when you can when you can mess up a character so much that they don't even look like themselves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah con- just congrats on that. I. I- you know, the first time I watched, we sort of buzzed through it and I'm like, I sort of saw it, but last night we fired it up and unfortunately Paramount 
blitzed about halfway through it. And I, we, so we watched the first half a couple of times and I, I just can't stop laughing. And, and Shara, I'm on board with this. You know, are you tendy? And, you know, I could be the yeah. Boimler for a little bit. Oh, that's good. I, yeah, we, I, I, I got the wig. Be Boimler, but it, yeah, no, it, it's all good. I don't know. I don't know how Love I that. feel about the green makeup myself. <laughs> we just bring your tendy and put her in the cosplay. And then <laughs> I don't know. I'll put my hair in a ponytail. I'll be a Mariner. There you go. There you go. I love, awesome. it. So, I love it. So, uh, one more question. Well, actually, two questions, and then I'll uh, get out of the way. Um, Mike, how many storyboards are there to start with, and how many do you end up with uh, for an episode? Uh, we do thousands of of, of drawings. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it. You know, storyboarding is about um, you know figuring out every individual shot every individual action that the characters take all the expressions um everything comes from the storyboard and then it's then it's animated after that and you add thousands of 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 drawings there but you can think of it as like we are telling the story from you know from moment to moment so you know every every little expression change that they do every scene uh cut um i think all the stuff of of um mariner um, skydiving, going past that uh, that brilliantly, you know, CG animated um, uh, space elevator, mm-hmm. space elevator, orbital um, lift, orbit. Yes, thank you, <laughs> orbital lift. Um, it, it was it, it was just like I I've got this storyboard program where I could just you know click through the individual drawings and it looks like it's animated, but you're hmm. you're just doing you know drawings that are on screen for you know two frames or, or, you know, four frames or something like that. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tremendous amount of fun to watch that stuff and a, and a tremendous amount of work too. <laughs> so, so it's all digital. There's, you know, the, what we perceive as storyboards at my age is like, well, there's mm-hmm. this, you know, the office full of storyboards. Mm-hmm. So everything is just like you stretch them and shrink them on the screen as my storyboards. Yeah, basically it's, it's the same process. I am drawing on a, uh, on a Cintiq. Um, so the, you know, the drawing process is the same. It's just, I'm drawing on a tablet basically. But yeah, if, if, um, if we wanted to, we could fill up an entire office full of, uh, I, I, I just as a collector of fine Star Trek, you know, memorabilia i would just you know you take a key few um storyboards and just make them big on a you know in a nice print i think you have yourself you know a collectible sellable thing there forever right it's amazing so my one last question so all the voices recorded and then you draw is that correct not usually um sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't i think for most of the i think for every episode that i did on this series, we were using a temporary track, um, and then the voices are recorded later. I think um, all the Mark Talk stuff, we, we didn't have it. Um, and uh, so we did our best at kind of figuring out, you know, what the shots would be and what, what kind of things that Mark Talk would do um, and uh, making it both um, threatening and cheesy at the same time is... <laughs> <laughs> is a interesting hallmark of of this this show of this episode um but uh once you got you know as with every as with all of the actors once you get the the the, the real performance in there all of a sudden yeah you go oh my gosh 
okay, this is what they're, they, you know, this is the real character now. This is what they're doing. And this is, you know, this is how they're acting. And it, it just comes alive. So you always hope that you have those. And sometimes you don't. And you, you take your best shot. And we, um, uh, we get uh, brilliant, brilliant work um, from the, uh, the board artists and, and, uh, um, and the designers that just, it's, it's great to start with. And then it gets better. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, your work on on JG, I, a huge, I'm a huge Martok fan forever. And to, first of all, to hear his voice so many years on, still in the same mode. I mean, I, you just couldn't tell that that wasn't recorded however many years ago. And the facial expressions, even though, you know, you guys are drawing 20 lines or whatever to show him, 30 lines and coloring. It's amazing. Yeah. It's always amazed me with the artist. Just congratulations on that. He, I felt like he was in that room pointing at me with his, you know, bloody knife, the tog or whatever the hell heck it's called. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah. it, it, he's just, you know, you just represented him so well. So congrats on that. And, you know, keep up the good work, man. Awesome. Great to talk to you. What an honor. Thank you. Thanks. Paul, pleasure to see you. Thanks for stopping by tonight. By the way, I love this comment that I have to share from uh, Facebook. Carlos says, I was hoping Jeffrey Combs would have been the baby. <laughs> and, yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> of course. <laughs> how can you not? How can you not? But there was right. some great voice talent in this, and I, I love Cranch. Uh, by the way, great name for a Klingon uh, salad dressing. And um, <laughs> I, 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 he was great. Of course, Lundy was great. Um, yeah, so many good voices. And I just love how 355 just beeps. That's, that's all you <laughs> yes. need. That's right. Perfect. It was so good. Perfect, perfect. Uh, let us go over to a uh, a duo here. It's Patrick and Patrick's Kitty. Welcome, Hello. Patrick. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Nerese. Hi, Nerese. <laughs> of course. Trying to, bite, trying to bite on my earbud cord here, too. So to, <laughs> as, cat, as cats do. Of so, course. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Patrick. What Thank is you. on your mind tonight about Lower Decks? Well, about, about the latest episode, well, everyone's been talking about the that lesson back knock game. That was that was yeah. definitely my, my favorite part of the episode. And I've never really been into D anD D, but if they made this a real thing, that just might change. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I, I was never a player, but I've been around plenty of people who were playing and hanging out with my friends who play a lot, and I just I yeah. love the detail of like, well, I love the the chips and guac on the table like that yeah. it, it's those real world details that are great you know and so cerritos too yeah, exactly the, of course yeah yeah and then how he used the use the bowl later for his helmet when he decides to go on the hunt too. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> perfect yeah you can tell that jg herster had a lot had a lot of fun recording all that stuff because it was just so freaking hilarious <laughs> indeed he was indeed. top intensity at all times as mariner yeah. said yeah, yeah, and then uh, and the Galron expansion packet, the first mention of that, the first two words popped into my head <laughs> then were experience beige. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else has been saying too, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, do you have any uh, questions for our guest tonight? Um, boy. Really come, really come, coming prepared. I was just winging it. But. Oh, the, hey, that's fine. I, I, you know, look, I was just dropping just general it. praise uh, is perfectly fine too. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I, lo- I, I, lo- I love this episode overall. I mean, the, and then the, um, 
um, when they when when Mariner and Ransom finally arrive on the scene, and then they see all the stuff that's going on, and and and, and um, Mariner's just like, well, geez, you guys ever hear of Overkill? Because there's this, this, this. <laughs> I, I love how it, that yeah. took so many Star Trek tropes and just tied them all together. Yeah. Uh, yes. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, uh, f- for you, Mike, I mean, when you get a script like this, I, to me, seeing the people, the, the Delanians, I'm thinking this is a combination of the aliens from Justice yeah. and from the yeah. Apple. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, wait, uh-huh. is that I, I did I get the two influences right yes. here? OK, exactly right. what they were. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Perfect. I do have a yeah. question about the Delanians. Mm-hmm. Any resemblance or homage to Delaney sisters? Because yeah. that was the first thing I thought of, and it's shown oh. up in the chat. Had to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. No, their uh, their planet is called New Lane, uh, so it's it's different. It's a different spelling. I don't know so, where the, uh, okay, the word. Okay. Fair. Is. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I think the Delaney's sort of D E L A N E Y. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But look, you can head cannon it. You can yeah. do that. I won't take that away from you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Did, when they Voyager got back, did they head over there, do something? Are they notable? Yeah. You never right, know. There's right. been enough time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and while we're, well, while, we're on, while we're on Voyager stuff, I'm sporting my Janeway shirt tonight. Hey, hey very, very cool. Nice. I just got that in the mail last week. So I Ooh. love it. Yeah. Very cool. So I did catch a, also in this episode too, I did catch a little sly reference to last season. One of the moments when Ransom was talking with Billups and Rutherford on the pad, you wouldn't want to accidentally become a king down there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good right. cash. Yeah. yeah. Nice right. little subtle reference. Yeah. Very nice. Very cool. Well, Hey, uh, Patrick, we got one more caller tonight. Any uh, final thoughts before we move on? Well, just looking for, looking for, looking forward to more. All of you, all of you. All of you who are working on working on the show are doing a killer job. So I'm looking, looking forward to seeing to seeing and hearing more. So thanks. Excellent. Yep, Patrick, thanks All so right. much. You have a great night, okay? Yep, you too. All right. Take care of a friend. Yep. All right. And uh wrapping up tonight, Doctor is in the house. We have Dr. Dawson with us. <laughs> How are hey. you doing tonight? Good evening, everyone. Good to see you. What's on your mind? Um, I am just thrilled. Uh, with these last two episodes but they've caused me to lose time it's a good thing today was a holiday because <laughs> I, I watched all of first contact again and the episode from last week and then i watched this episode and i watched uh rise from voyager with the with uh-huh. lift uh, oh. uh, so so it's kind of a rabbit hole kind of star trek day um, I've taken off Thursday as a national holiday for <laughs> September 8th for Star Trek Day. Be. I have yes. canceled yeah. all of my appointments and ah. told everybody that I'm not available starting at Good for you. So um, it's, my, it's my annual holiday that everyone makes fun of me. It's Star Trek <laughs> Christmas. Yes. Whatever. Can we want it? How, how dare anyone make fun of that? I can't even imagine. Yeah. Now, what, what you just said uh, kind of makes me wonder about Mike's process here for uh, for an episode like this. So you said, ooh, I went back and I watched Rise because of the space elevator. So, Mike, is that the kind of thing you get a script like this? And you already have such a working knowledge of Star Trek anyway. You've been a fan for so long anyway. But then do you, you know, 
head to the DVD wall or you head to Paramount Plus and you're like, ooh, I want to watch that one again. I want to watch that one again. The <laughs> Apple, whatever it is, like, do you just sort of have to binge to then get all your thoughts out for mm-hmm. how this episode is going to look? Um, yeah, I think there was, um, I did a little bit of that with this one, uh, with the next, uh, episode that I directed, uh, which is, uh, number five, you'll see a lot more of that. Oh, (laughs) okay. Okay. All right. It will be, it'll be very apparent on screen, um, where, what the, you know, how I, how the, the, uh, the design team referenced something very near and dear to our hearts. Not, okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we got into it a little bit about your process. I wonder about timing from the time you get a script to the date. Well, I mean, I, I know that the air date, there are these huge gaps, you know, but because of just sort of the nature of the beast right now. But let's say from the time you get a script until you've got a finished episode that is ready for air. Mm-hmm. Well, um, from the time I get a script, I've got about, uh, generally it's around 12, 12 weeks to get, um, a final animatic, which is all of the, uh, the storyboards are, are timed out. Um, and, uh, uh, Mike and the, and the other producers have gone through and, and made their, you know, fantastic notes. They always have a lot of, um, uh, great insight as far as like, um, what they were, what they were thinking with particular scenes and what they would like to see cut. And they, you know, all along the process, they're, 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 um, uh, making notes on, on what we, on what we're doing. So I've got about 12 weeks until we get a finished, uh, and. Oh no. Oh man. We, we have frozen Mike again. again. We have frozen Mike again, but I, uh, 12 weeks. So that's really interesting because then you have to assume that like, uh, oh, hey, are you back? You're back. There I am. You froze. We we got the twelve. Yeah. So weeks. Yeah. yeah. So really, the whole thing takes a day, but then we all freeze, and that takes the rest of the year. <laughs> <All right>. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, so well, because I assume uh, you know a good portion of this, you're all working remotely still, and you you're entirely. As, I yeah yeah. I mean, I everything I did was entirely remote. Um, wow. Wow. And uh, yeah, because this was done. Um, yeah, it took, I was working on this episode, uh, one year ago. Um, I think just, uh, just a little more than, than a year ago. So it takes wow. the entire process, you know, for me, it takes about 12 weeks or maybe a little bit more to do, you know, the storyboard and the animatic. And then it goes into animation and color and everything. And that takes the rest of the time. And it's animation is a, you know, it's a fascinating and a, an extraordinarily, um, time consuming process. Incredible. Well, and that's interesting because you as a director, so you directed two, you directed five. Mm-hmm. And eight. And mm-hmm. eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of a, a separation of time there and to kind of wrap your head around it. Yeah, they, um, they overlap. Oh, yeah. Oh, I imagine they do. But I, oh. I also imagine that in the production office, Mike McMahon, Brad, etc. They're looking at these 12 week cycles constantly overlapping, probably looking at multiple. Uh, that would be very hard to keep straight, I would think, but clearly yeah, they, it, they practiced at it. Yeah, I, sometimes I look at the um, at the the big uh, block calendar that they have, and I I have to look away because it hurts my eyes. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> Can't think about it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Hey, I just, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I just wait for them. They tell me when my stuff is due and I go, okay, that's, I can do that. Just focus on that. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't tell me anything else. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, doctor, any uh, comments or questions? Yeah. yeah so please. you were an excellent director, Mike, but I have, but I do have notes to put. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, and my question is kind of based on that. So like I come from a theater background and I've done a lot of theater audio and techie stuff. Um, and so my question is kind of, uh, I assume that the, the voice actors do their bit probably first, because you had mentioned that they ad lib so much and sometimes they work that into the animation. Um, but what's, what's it like working so remotely? Cause I can imagine if you're on a live show and you've got people in a, in a room and on a set, you can say, say it this way, you go this way, but they're all, I mean, I think uh, I saw uh, an Instagram post from Tammy where she was on vacation and she was finding a recording studio somewhere that she could go and do her lines. Yeah. I mean, that's in a, in a way, that's the way it's, it's always been, you know, for, for voice actors. That's why, you know, voice actors love animation is because they, you know, they can show up looking like anything, you know, they don't have to put on makeup. They don't have to do anything. They can simply go into a studio and and start talking. Um, And I think, I think when we start storyboarding, um, we're just going off the script and we're just kind of creating our own, our own timing on things. And like I said, when we get the, the voice actors performances in there, which usually come in a little bit later um, during, you know, remote, you know, working and, and, you know, lockdown and everything that process got extended a little bit, but it's always been, um, you know, that due to various reasons, they're, they're not working directly with us every day. They come in for a couple of hours and, and do a record and they might come in, you know, another few days later and do some, some pickups or something like that. Um, but we, you know, we, um, uh, we do our, our, our thing and we wait for um, the inspiration that they bring. Um, and it raises, you know, the, the, the heart and the comedy and everything like a thousand percent when we get those, those tracks, uh, in there. Um, and, uh, so it's animation is a, is a process of continual refinement. It, it's kind of never, never quite done, um, until it's, uh, until it's done. <laughs> uh, my other question was, um, Modifius entertainment has a Star Trek an actual, I've played it an actual Star Trek role-playing game. Um, has anybody played that, seen that? Did, did you look at that in the, in the process for this episode? Um, I, I did not, but I think it, it was the, the, the role-playing game. I think you know, the, the, the board artist who, who did that, um, I think she was more into referencing... Um, D and D, and because of, you know, the the script said nothing about uh, all the little figures and the and the game board and everything, and and she created all of that, uh, which uh-huh. I, I thought was I thought was brilliant, and she created all the like the little Klingon figures that are in their various poses, and um, and I, it was just it was just fantastic. <laughs> Thank Very you, cool. Doctor. Well, any uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, say my- goodnight? 
my final observation, which just happened when when uh, Ransom took his shirt off, showing <laughs> off his lavatudes. Yeah, is um, any and we may this may have been covered and I missed it at some point during past mission logs. Is there any relation for from Commander Jack Ransom to disgraced Captain Rudy Ransom? <laughs> Ooh, you know, wow. good question. I don't. I don't think we've brought that up here before. That is a good question. I think maybe. Uh, I I wonder if uh, Mike McMahon or anybody had kind of thought through that. Maybe we'll maybe we'll find out sometime. Hold that yeah. thought. <laughs> because I I feel like and Mike, you can probably tell us. I I feel like. <clears throat> Look, nothing where I should say very little in Star Trek is ever by accident. And when you have something in animation, it is all very intentional because it has to be created from whole cloth. So uh, mm-hmm. down to things like characters' names, the little details, you know, what's on the table, what's in the glasses, you know, all of that stuff is very intentional. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you might be onto something there, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, take cool. care. Have a great night. I hope we see you again soon. Thank you. See you on Star Trek Day. All right. We'll see you then. Um, I, I've got uh, just a, a couple of uh, last questions and thoughts here for you. You know, this is your first foray into uh, into professional Star Trek work. I've loved all the art that you've created uh, before this, but here you are now a, uh, at the end of this season, at least a three time Star Trek director. Um, I think I already know the answer that if they asked you to come back for more, you would, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to assume that. Definitely. I'm curious, do you have any aspirations to do any live action directing or do you feel like those worlds are too far apart? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, they're, they're too far apart for, Hmm. you know, for me. Um, I, I don't think, um, I could ever, um, try to direct someone who could tell me, um, tell me no. Like Hmm. if I draw a drawing, it's what I want it to be. And the, and the drawing doesn't look back at me and go, I really wanted to be something else. <laughs> What's my motivation? What's my motivation? <laughs> right. I get to tell you what your motivation is. <laughs> right. Because I drew you. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty cool. <laughs> how, how much of a team of artists do you have? And what is the give and take like with that team? You're the director. Ultimately, it's your vision that's on screen. Mm-hmm. But but everything is collaborative, of course. Yeah, I was um, I was very I was very surprised, and I can't say enough good things about about Mike McMahon and and his team of of writers too, because it it really is um, our our schedule is is very compressed, and and we rely a lot on on their take um, of of how they were envisioning things, and it's it, the the show is absolutely truly truly theirs. Um, I'm I'm extremely lucky that I was able to, uh, to be involved in it in, in any capacity, but, um, there are three storyboard teams. Um, each one of those has four storyboard artists and a, and a director. And, um, and then we have a number of, um, people who, 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 um, like the storyboard artists will do their, 
they'll draw the show. And then, you know, for the next few weeks after that, it's up to me and, and revision uh, artists to implement uh, notes and do a bunch of uh, changes and, and, and kind of, you know, work with it. Um, implementing Mike's notes and, and the, the other producers notes. Um, so it's a constantly evolving, changing uh, process. And it's, it's not a very big um, team, um, but it's, uh, but, you know, it, it's neat to see that everyone has, you know, when you look at an artist, I always think, I always think that if you look at an artist's work, um, you can tell their personality right away because every artist draws very individually. Every artist, every artist draws Boimler a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, and those things get that that's okay in a, in a storyboard. That's okay. Because the, the purpose of it is to, to tell the story and, and help the jokes land. And um, when it's animated later, um, our drawings are used as it's pre-production work. You know, our, our drawings are used as, as, inspiration and basically layout for what the scene is but then the the animation artists um fill in all the details and color and bring it to bring it to life um and i like you said earlier on with all the color in this in this show um and and all the detail in the background i thought it looked fantastic i really liked the um just the the bar scenes just seeing cranch in the in the bar and and just the amount of of uh, like he's he's all black with the the the, the red you know light up stripes and then uh, it, it, all the color in that scene looked uh, looked amazing. I, Mike, I, I mean, I hope you'll come back and see us. I'm so thrilled that uh, you're able to drop by tonight and give us some insight insight into the creation of your first animated Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. So cool. <laughs> Uh, Shar, bring us home. Any uh, any thoughts we didn't get to? Any? I mean, I know that you and I both took copious notes, and it's like ah, let's throw it all out the window. <laughs> we, no, we got we a great know. guest. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just that this episode, in terms of the two episodes we've seen of season three, are very different. Mm-hmm. Episode one has a lot of callbacks to the Trek universe, which is something Lower Decks does gratuitously does it well (laughs) this episode i feel is much more like lower decks referencing and lower decks world building and so if you weren't maybe the biggest fan of episode one you're probably gonna love episode two and if you loved episode one maybe this one wasn't as high on the totem pole for you but you know what i love them both for those completely different reasons and it's the same show and so good i like writing that my friend is the definition of itic so <laughs> with that, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the ineluctable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcasts. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you, Charlene Schmidt, for co-hosting with me this week. Thanks to everyone who joined us live or later. We look forward to discussing Lower Decks Season 3 episode episode three with all of you next week. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.